I love the title, and uh, it just makes me think. Uh, let me just put on the next slide, if you can just pop it up. Found this in the newspaper this past week, our local table talk. I thought, hey, there you go. That's exactly what we're talking about. Somebody writing in and saying, oh my goodness, I think it's a response to somebody had already written. There goes the neighborhood. There's this happening on the streets, etc., and we just give up. We've got uh, wonderful neighbors next to us. Just scan the room, see if they're here. They have been known to frequent this meeting. <laughs> they, they are wonderful. But there was a time when they decided they're going to build a sound studio in their back garden. So uh, up went the, uh, a bit of a prefair, a bit of an oversized Wendy house with speakers that are bigger than most of my kids. And for some reason, Celine Dion sounds better after 10 at night while we try, <laughs> try to go to sleep. So there's probably about, from our bed where we're lying, to their sound studio. It's probably about that space to that wall. And, uh, but we knew it wasn't Celine Dion because it's actually karaoke that they do. And, and Celine Dion, last time I checked, wasn't a male. But uh, my neighbor sings pretty well and it's been fun. But that's the worst of it. They, they're good guys. But there's a temptation in times like that to say, there goes the neighborhood. That's it. It's not going to get better from here. The challenge to us as Christians and we're going to take just another aspect of that further tonight, is to say, with Jesus, Jesus living through me, in me, there goes the neighborhood, there goes the darkness. You can just picture the demon saying, there goes that one, there goes depression, there goes my stronghold that I had. Now we've got neighborhoods, we've got places we stay, we've got the walls next to us and the guys that stay in houses beside us, but... There's another aspect I want to lift up tonight, and that is what we're involved with Monday to Friday. Some of us seven days a week. Some people do crazy work. We're talking about the mission place that we're involved with, because that's what it is. It's the workplace, marketplace. Some of us are at school. So it's our daily life. That's where we spend most of our time. And those are the guys who see us. They're the guys who day after day we rub shoulders with. It's very easier, much easier, to get on a bus, to go across the border, to go into some remote neighborhood, to hand out some tracts, to tell people Jesus loves them. That's easier than doing it at work, than doing it in our neighborhood. But that is the challenge, and I believe that lands squarely on our laps tonight. That's what God's saying to, to us. It's really pressed on my heart. How do we do that? Firstly, we need to do it. If we're not going to love our neighbors, if we're not going to reach our neighbors, we're missing the point. And just some practicalities about how we do it. Okay, let's pop the first slide. It's a verse from Matthew 5. Jesus says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Just giving it a little excerpt for now. And the thing that I notice about that is he doesn't tell us to go out and turn our light on. He doesn't say, work at it to make your light shine. He doesn't say, make it shine brighter. So it's got nothing to do with us in the first place. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one who came to dispel the darkness. Yeah. On that point, you know what darkness is, eh? Darkness is actually nothing. <laughs> darkness is the absence of light. When light moves in, darkness cannot be because light is shining 
So he's made us. He says, now you guys are the light of the world. And what is his command to us? Shine. Just let it out. Don't hide it. Let it hang out. I'm going to give you the, the, the full verse. Okay, that was the little excerpt from the message. Paraphrase. It uh, just gives another spin on it. If you can please play there. So it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? And let's play the next one. Sorry, the clicker's broken, so otherwise I'd be clicking away. Uh, um, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. What a, what a radical, encouraging scripture. It's one of my favorites. So he says, through what we do, through just being there, through shining, we're going to have an effect on people around us. They're going to open up. They're going to see something. The light is going to rub off on them in such a way that they're going to start opening up to the Father of lights. They're going to open up to truth. So the encouragement to us is don't put it under a bucket. Don't go and hide away your light. Let it shine on a hilltop. Play open house. Be generous with your lives. Now, we don't often do that. Well, let me, let me rather say there's, it's often, it happens frequently, that we don't do that. I'm talking to myself. Very much preaching to myself as well tonight. I realize there's times I haven't done it in the past. And there's times when I shy away from it. So I want to just pull out a couple of things. Have a look maybe why that is the case. And try to get some handles from God to say, God, you've got to help us to do this. Yeah. Everything's easier when we read it in the Bible. We say 100%. When we get out and uh, the rubber hits the road, face to face with our daily, whatever it is that we're going to face, sometimes it's a little bit harder. So that's where I'm hoping that just a little bit of encouragement from God, a little bit of revelation, a little bit of handles can just take us to where He wants us to be. So why do we hide? I'm just going to grab my water. Why do we want to hide our light? <clears throat> I was thinking about that. I think sometimes it's because we look at Bob on our right and we think, oh, Bob's light is shining really bright. Hey? That dude's, I'm not really that bright. I'm just, I'm going to leave this to him. I'm going to just, just sort of crouch away over here. And, um, and we fall into comparison. And that makes us paralyzed. Paralysis of comparison. We just come back to the verse again. We come back to the truth. And that is Jesus is the one who put the light in us in the first place. It's not us. And I've come to that point in my life in a very uh, tangible way, often. And I just have to come and say, God, you know what? I've just messed up with my thinking again. I'm thinking, who am I? What am I? It's actually not about me. It's about you. You have put your stamp in me. You have put your image inside of me. You have put your calling, your light inside of me. It doesn't really have anything to do with me. I just got to get out there and do it. So just take that now, and let's uh, digest it. Let's move on from that place. So um, 
maybe a big reason why we don't shine, why we're too hesitant, we don't want to be generous, we don't want to play open house, is because we've got a false notion of what we've been called to. I believe that's very possible. We've got a, a box that we put ourselves in. We believe that Jesus has called us to something and one of the names for it could be respectability. So I want to say tonight, there goes my respectability. But isn't respectability a good thing? Isn't that what God wants us to be? Doesn't He want us to be meek and mild and respectable, presentable? People can say, there is an example of a Christian. Isn't He wonderful? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's what God wants from us. I'm just going to try and uh, put this thing over here. Get out of the way. So we have, this, we have this box. We have this mindset. We believe that a Christian is supposed to be somebody who's got it all together. It's nice, respectable, presentable. And uh, I think it subtly creeps into our minds. Creeps into our thinking. A few years ago, somebody had a brainwave. And uh, they came up with this bangle, which I, I can't fault. I can't say it's all bad. If you can pop the next one, please, Kirsten. And it's, it goes, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the idea is supposed to be to just grab our thinking and our conscience in any situation and say, you know, just what, what should you be doing in this situation? Ask Jesus. Have a look to what he would do. But I think very often that WWJD actually in our minds, whether we wear the bangle or not, becomes WSCD. Then does anyone want to have a stab at what, what that could possibly mean? What should Christians do? Exactly. In fact, often it becomes what shouldn't Christians do? Because isn't Christianity, after all, a list of what we shouldn't do? Christ, what are Christians? Christians are guys who don't uh, smoke and they don't swear and they don't cheat. Yeah, if that's all that Christianity is about, then... Uh, God must just rapture us now because it's not worth the journey, huh? He's called us to life. He's yeah. called us to freedom. He's yeah. called us to relationship. So somehow we can lapse into this idea and be led by a rule book. Led by an idea of wanting to have everything together, not step out of line, not have anybody say, Oh, did you see that guy? We're not so sure about him. He's hanging with the wrong crowd. Sound familiar? But we need to be led by the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Not led by our notions, not led by other people's opinions, not led by boxes that we put or other people put on us, but led by the Spirit. Not even led by the Bible. Have you thought about that one? The Bible's God's Word. It leads us into truth, but it's the Spirit who's going to lead us day by day and open things up to us, bring revelation, prompt us, Make us effective. I want to look at the example of Jesus. We're looking at, talking about respectability. Wasn't Jesus respectable? Sweet Jesus, meek and mild. An example to all. It's not the Jesus I read about in the Bible. I read about Jesus who was wild. Yeah. Jesus who was unpredictable. You just didn't know what he's going to do next. Is he going to come on a storm, walking on the water while you're struggling with the boat and say, come for a walk with me. Oh, is he going to take out a whip and drive people out the temple, smash their tables, all their products and stuff that they're working with? 
Is he going to disrupt a funeral and bring the guy out the coffin back to life? This is Jesus who wasn't willing to settle for people's half-heartedness. Prompted them, called them to give it everything. Follow me. Don't worry about that stuff. And hypocrisy. Wasn't scared to get in people's faces if he saw hypocrisy. Nail that thing. Confront them to their face. That is Jesus. Anything but meek and mild. That is the wild Jesus. That is the powerful Jesus. The strong Jesus. That's the Jesus that I want to follow. I want him to rub off on me. Now Jesus wants out. He wants to live through us. He wants to express himself through us. I don't fully buy the, the, the WWJD theology anyway. Because I ask myself, well I look at myself and I say, I'm not going to live the life that Jesus lived. It's different. His living through me is different to the way that he lived on this earth. His living through Bongi is different. Through Chris it's different. He's got a mission He's got a passion. He's got a mandate. It's the same goal, the same heart, the same love, the same goodness. But what he's going to achieve in and through us is going to be very different. We all come from different places. So we need to be listening. We need to be engaging. We need to be saying, Jesus, what is that thing that you've called me to? What is that, that unique pattern, that blueprint that burns within? And grab a hold of that thing. Let it fire us. Let it drive us. Let it live through us. So the call to us is to engage. Just like uh, our men engage with the All Blacks. We need to engage. We can't... Is it really? I am going to write... To the guys, the, the program is behind Google. It's not what I asked for. <laughs> but it, it looked good, my little presentation. I did it on my phone, just, it was great. So, where we were, it was engaging. It's not a pick, it's a pick. It's not a spectator sport. <laughs> it's not a spectator sport. We need to engage. He says, play open house. Let's, let's, Integrate with the world. Let's let the world in. Let's rub off on them. In 1 Corinthians, Paul, inspired by the Spirit, writes this. He says, each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. I had revelation of that when I was firstly saved. And 24 years later, it's the same revelation. It's the same truth. It's, it's one spin on that truth that he's bringing out here. But it's the fact that he doesn't want us to get into a Christian ghetto when we're saved. He doesn't want us to say, oh, I've been saved out of that mess at last, free. Jump into our Christian ghetto, safe in the four walls of the church, and now I can happily live with my brethren and my sister. No, he wants us to engage. He wants us to live in such a way that we are going to interact with people. The demoniac at, in the Gennesarenes, when Jesus crosses over the lake, he gets to the guy, he's possessed, he's got a horde of demons inside of him. And after Jesus heals him, delivers him, the guy begs Jesus. Yeah. Two Gospels reported exactly the same. He begs him, let me go with you. Jesus says he refused. Yeah. Says that he refused to let him go with. He says, go back. Go back to your place where you came from. Tell them what Jesus did for you. So that's what we're called to do. Jesus wants us to be relevant. He wants us 
to speak the language of the people. How are we going to do it? How are we going to bring people the revelation of the light? How are we going to bring people the revelation of God's love if we're talking about redemption and propitiation and, and the sovereign one? And Let's just be normal. Let's just talk the language of the world. Jesus is my master. It was a cool, uh, really uh, reggae kind of song a few years ago. Jesus is my master. I don't know if you heard it. Like a really re- it's a random kind of song. It's so cool. But the fact is, whether you're coming from a reggae background, or whether you're coming from uh, Durban, God forbid, or whether you, <laughs> wherever your background is, God wants us to engage. He even wants some of the Durbanites to engage with Capetonians. We've seen this thing. We've seen it. Eh? But I don't want to go with those guys. I I've been invited to this party, but I know that there's going to be swearing there. I don't think so. Eh? It's just, you know, God won't want me to be part of that thing. I'm going to just back out of this one. The water cooler. I know that those guys standing around the water cooler at work, they're telling jokes. I can just check it. And they're going to be dirty jokes. I'm, I'm just going to duck. I'm going to just get busy with something else. If that's the level that we're going to live at, I know I've done that in the past. If that's how we're going to live out this thing, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. God wants us to get in those places and find ways to engage. If all the mates, if the whole work is going off to teasers, don't be doff, don't go there. But if we start engaging, it just takes somebody with a bit of common sense that that's quite a stupid thing to do, and you can swing that thing. Maybe next time they're not going to go to teasers. Next time they're going to have a, whatever, a few beers in the pub. Go there, man. Hang out with the guys. Bring the light. Bring the truth. Open up. So <laughs> something I want to share in Conviction. And not confirmation. God wants us to be driven by conviction. He wants us to be transformed. I'm a good Christian. I don't swear. Why? Why, why don't you swear? Uh, because it's a Christian thing to do. It's, it's not, you know, it's, I've been told so. <laughs> I haven't heard Mark swearing yet. Uh, whatever. That's not a good reason. If we don't have a conviction about something, if God hasn't prompted us and brought revelation, Maybe it's better that we're still doing that, whatever it is. At least we're free. We're messing up our lives. I don't know, we're not really that free. But let Jesus bring that conviction. I was with a bunch of guys in a video repair store. The guy whose store it was, he knew me through his son. He knew I was at the church. And they were talking about their pornographic movies that their wives didn't know about. And he caught my eye and he's like, oh, we know you don't do this thing, you're a Christian. I said, no, that's not it. So, yeah? Why? What do you mean? He said, no, I don't do that stuff because I've been there. I've done that. And you know what? It's just messed up my life. It's stupid. <laughs> so we've got to find real answers to people's questions. Let God work out the reality in us that we can speak the truth to them, <clears throat> bring them into truth, bring them into light. Can we please play the next? We're not playing these things. We're just flicking slides. God wants us to be thermostats. Not thermometers. Thermometers go into a situation and say, it's hot in there. I'm going to get out of there. It's not cool. God wants us to get into a place and to change the temperature. I can't give you three steps to say, this is how you're going to do it. 
But I believe the Holy Spirit can lead us. There's some handles about us being real, about being the light, about standing up, not hiding, about engaging. The bottom line is that we are the equipment. We don't need a tract. We don't need the training to say, how can I evangelize my neighbor in five easy weeks? We don't need that. We, we, what we need to know is that we are the ones that God has equipped. We are His children. He wants us to go forward in who we are. Got this thing going off just to remind me that uh, I'm still alive up here. So we're going to bring it into landing. God wants us to live free. He wants us to bring freedom. He wants us to be effective. He wants us to engage. He wants us to be thermostats. I want you to join with me. I want to encourage you, urge you. Let's take this challenge up. Let's ask God, God, what does it mean tomorrow when I get back in my work? You know what? Very possibly, your boss, you might be the only gospel that he's going to read. Maybe your teacher, my teacher. Maybe your classmate. Maybe that dude who's, you just can't stand in class. Maybe you are the only gospel they're going to read. So let's ask God. Let's say, God, what is it going to mean? What are we going to do tomorrow differently? If something has stirred and you're saying, God, I want to work this thing out. I want you to do something in my heart. I want to encourage you to stand with me. And we're going to pray. You can stand with me now.